Since 1971, Palabolas Dance Company has toured more than 65 countries, performing to over a quarter of a million people each year. Palabolas has appeared on Oprah, the Academy Awards, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, NBC's Today Show, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and MTV's Video Music Awards. Their honors include a TED Fellowship, a Grammy Award nomination, a Primetime Emmy Award, and several Cannes Lion Awards. Palabolas has collaborated with more than 75 brands and organizations to create bespoke performances for television, film, and live events. Mia spoke with co-artistic directors Matt Kent and Renee Jaworski and Education and Community Engagement Manager Emily Kent during Palabolas' annual Five Senses Festival. Canada came in great with this idea of like what we wanted to do. 
trying to get to know her. And as soon as somebody voices it, there's another person who's like, oh, you're smart. What about this? Or what do you think that idea? And it's a big topic. And you make the whole thing sort of entertaining for people a little bit. Or we'll say to the dancers, can you try um, just like um, getting up and jumping or doing something like you're getting up and jumping? And then they'll do something else. Like that is sort of what you said to do or asked if they could do but then they interpret it in a different way and sometimes you're like oh that's better than I would have imagined like that's way more appropriate and fitting for what we're going for and sometimes we're like no we're not that didn't hit it yet and we all know in the room whether it hit it or not so we keep trying Mm -hmm. new things and Matt you're thinking I don't know yeah I was Thinking, you're right. Um, you can see my face. Like, hmm, what is it? Well, you said it's not our thing, you know. Like, or like you're not. It's not so much to, to like, like. Okay, so the show that you saw, Nano had a song that we knew we were going to make a movement to that song. Mm-hmm. We actually made some other stuff mm-hmm. that is new. It's yeah. not something that's in his set for the evening. So. Yeah. We weren't, we didn't find a place yet to show that. Yeah. But we also are, are happy to make a lot of new things that yeah. um, could be for both groups. I guess the part that's like our thing is the method or the process that Renee was describing. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that, the constraint, the framework that we try to put on what we're doing, it includes the the idea that for this time let's not map everything out first and try and realize like the vision that one person has but to put people together as Renee was saying and have something else kind of emerge that's a product of everybody that's involved yeah. um, just what you're saying all the dancers look different and they think differently yeah. as well that's really important to us the diversity of thought and diversity of Output and problem-solving approaches is important to us because it's you, you never know where that problem is going to get solved from. You never know where the good idea is going to come from. And usually, it is not one person's idea. You learn something from each other. And the more diversity you have in the room and diversity of thought and approaches, the, the more possibilities there are to develop something that nobody's seen before. And of course, to be surprising for you and for the audience, yeah. too, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, and I wouldn't have thought of doing that. Yeah. I love that when you know? audiences are like, or what's even better is when audiences just say, it made so much sense that you did it that way. Yeah. But I wouldn't have thought it, that I would have thought, I, I feel like I could have thought about that. I could have thought that up, but I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It sort of feels tangible to people, but at the same time, it feels like. You know, somebody in an audience uh, a couple of months ago said, can I just ask you, how come every time I come to see Kuwabalis, it feels like I'm seeing family? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think it has to do with that. You know, if something feels familiar, mm-hmm. you're looking at it and you go like, yeah, I get this. Mm-hmm. But it also feels new. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not like a, a it's te- well, highly technical, but I do feel, you know, the questions they're actors as well. Yes. Well, right. We're we're not. Uh, I guess we are. While we do tell the dancers what to where to put their arms and legs, yeah. nobody really cares about that that much. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think about how uh, you know people don't leave the show and remember how many turns somebody had. Yeah, like, they're not remembering. Mm-hmm. It's missing the point exactly, and so. I think we're we're trying to cultivate a kind of experience that would that happened in that room mm-hmm. like that Renee was talking about when we're experimenting and improvising and you, you kind of find an experience that you cultivate and then as a Kawabas performer you, you have that experience every night for the audience to see. So I guess in that way it it, it is like it's it's not just a physical thing, so it is kind of like acting. Yeah. Yeah, 
also very different from acting too. Yeah. Well, we didn't mean to say that, that but I do very much. No, see I their I know exactly what you mean. I I think. Yeah. You're, you're, I encourage the the yeah. sort of um, approaching the performance at from an actor's sensibility. Yeah. Very much so, because we do want them to have that experience of a night. Well, it is a feeling. It's a feeling. Yeah. yeah. And and it's a relationship or a, you know an, a thing that a community you're watching a community go through this thing together. And you're a voyeur sometimes oh, on that. I think it's seeing pe- people, ex- seeing people who could be like yourself, but they're doing amazing things in their bodies. But you're feeling like, oh, that could be like could be beyond like a bedroom thing. like that um, we have collaborated with a lot of unusual suspects I, I guess we did um, I'll talk about some of the things that you, you maybe won't see on the Broadway yeah. dance circuit stage we have the umbrella project which oh is yes, that wonderful and that we did with MIT and Daniela Roos and the uh, distributed robotics department which is great and you know like what would you <laughs> the more people would say uh, why would a dance company work with them the more it's interesting yeah um well you can learn from and yes. well I, yeah but I, I mean what i'm trying to point out is that if if two co- choreographers collaborate mm-hmm. that can be very rewarding for the choreographers who might have really different approaches their styles can look really different but to 90 percent of the world they look like just dance they look the same but when you work with someone who's really outside of your genre then they're coming at it from such a different place that it's I think more likely for us as directors to take a different kind of approach or be asked a question that we thought was just a given and we get to challenge those givens in their world Um, yeah the MIT robotics is interesting because you know they're dealing with storms and how to move 
it, it tied together, but from such a different starting point, you know, but the problem that we were trying to solve and that we continue to try to solve are pretty much the same. How do you get people to think? How do you get things and people to think, you know, brains to come together and, and, and move in a direction to get what something done? that you studied was very theatrical or is very theatrical what, what do you mean by that um you're trying to manipulate somebody's oh visuals. like you can act in a way yes. that you don't actually feel right so or or yeah. in order to manipulate somebody and get them in a position or, or an emotional position oh, projecting this uh, yeah Maybe. either you're like you're coming at them, or you, you're playing scared so that they come closer and you get them in a certain position so you can get behind them. You're not supposed to be telling everyone all of this. Well, no. yeah. It's what we do bag. in theater. <laughs> <laughs> and you came, uh, okay, I want to delve into that. What is the martial arts anyway? So we don't I studied um, with a teacher in Atlanta named Bud Monstrum, mm -hmm. and it was with the, it's a Japanese mm -hmm. school called the Bujinkan. Mm -hmm. So we were like ninjas, you know, mm -hmm. back in the ninja boom. And and uh, it was, I mean, I think I started when I was 14, and I've 
just ate it every day. I was studying. I mean, I trained a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and and so it's and, and it seemed. I, I mean, I remember seeing Palabras and thinking like, oh, that looks. And in fact, it's what you said. Yeah, I was thinking lately, Renee, about because you, you know you talk about arts education, and even though I wasn't <coughs> studying dance history, once you're in the world, like. It's the best way to learn. I learned so much just by being around people and hearing the stories firsthand and all that kind of thing. And I think that uh, the, the, the modern dancers, like a lot of people, I find that a lot of college kids, like they go to school, they think they know what it means to think about dance. And then they meet modern and it blows their mind. Yeah. It's very, very different. Mm-hmm. And so the girls that asked me to come, that knew me from high school and said, you should come and check out the dance scene said, in modern, they talk about movement like martial artists talk about movement. Mm-hmm. So I, I sort of uh, see what you mean, Renee, about the energy. That's sort of like shape. a theater thing. It's not Effort. just mm-hmm. where you're, yeah, what you're saying. It's so. not, I mean, it's very, I was going to say it can be punishing, but also I think it's very respectful of the body, as opposed to there's some forms of classical dance that, you know. We were just talking about that today. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like maybe it's necessarily for the longevity of the dancer. Other, you know, you yeah, know, you know. You just said this. That's so we interesting. Have, um, I believe that our the longevity longevity of our dancers is a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, because yeah. we do when we're making new work, we we pull movement from our dancers. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't have a super bendy back, mm-hmm. we're not gonna use anything that has that you would need to do a super bendy back bend in, because mm-hmm. um, that would hurt you. We're not going to force somebody's hips to turn out if they don't turn out. We're not going to like ask them to, you know, touch their toe to their head backwards or do anything that isn't natural to their bodies, um, because they won't be able to feel it. Like then it becomes about the shape and not about the experience. Yeah. And sometimes do it as it's, well. It yeah. Pain. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you know, um, you 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 get more from your dancer for a longer amount of time if you just work within the constraints of what their body can do. That's not to say that we don't have other choreography that we're asking the dancers to learn, classics and things like that, that you're going to do. Um, And it's not to say that there aren't overuse injuries as well, because there is a lot of lifting and you get. Our injuries are usually different than your typical dancer's injuries, because they're usually shoulder injuries, back injuries, neck injuries. Knee injuries are very common all over, no matter what you're doing, because the knee is the most fallible joint in your body. <laughs> it's like the worst thing. I don't know why you would put together like that. But, um, so it, it, it is also that once you're in this family, once you start working with us and dancing with us, even if you don't tour full time, which can be grueling on your psyche as well as your body. It's not what you do on stage that is grueling. It's the travel, the sitting on planes, the being away from your family. Like all of that can get wearing. And if you decide that you don't want to be on tour for the rest of you know your life, you still end up working with us. We still call you when we get gigs and when we need something from you. We're interested in the people that work for us for their brains, not just their bodies.
My studies of dance have helped me understand the difference between postmodern and more modern and classical movements. Whereas dancing at SAB, the school founded by George Balanchine, the teachers focus on preserving Balanchine's legacy through our training. There are both aesthetic expectations, such as the way we held our arms and hands, and also the training we received that was specific to helping us perform Balanchine's choreography. Additionally, Balanchine has a trust that monitors who is able to perform Balanchine's work around the world. On the other hand, as I have been studying combat improv, my teacher Flora has emphasized that although she passionately others develop the foundation of principle, Contact Improv has rejected classical training or governance by a gatekeeping entity, and as such, dancers have a lot of freedom when it comes to the practice of contact. Today's dance world has taken the democracy of the postmodern legacy of Taylor and Sherwood. Nowadays, it is in mode for choreographers to value process over product, energy, and a multitude of collaborations. For example, many choreographers draw on a collaborative process, in which I ask dancers to improvise based on an idea, and then the choreographer sets phrases to alter those Therefore, Matt and Renee's work emerged through improvisatory principles such as yes and, and are based on how their dancers move and respond to each other. Outside influences such as MIT Robotics and creative thinkers such as Agathis Mathwood add a more cerebral and original dimension that pushes each new work to be different and previously. As such, work from companies like Collabos push the boundary of what is considered traditional choreography. Through their educational workshops and Renee and Matt's training in martial arts and music, Collabos demonstrates that you don't have to be a trained dancer in order to participate in today's dance world. One focused on the principles of inclusion, connection, and respect. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Rene Jaworski, Matt, and Emily Kent of Palabolas Dance Theatre. pretty traditionally my mom um, put me in dance classes when I was three years old and uh, I danced pretty much my entire life and when I was 12 I started teaching as a student teacher and fell in love with teaching and started choreographing very you know shortly thereafter because as you're teaching you start to need to think about what the students are going to show their parents and so I started um, that way and I decided I guess you know I went back and forth for a little while whether or not I wanted to be a lawyer or stay as a dancer <laughs> that was my other choice uh-huh. law <laughs> or dance yeah the dancing lawyer yeah and uh, so I ended up sticking with dance because I, I took off for a year just to see what it would feel like mm-hmm. and I missed it like like depression missed it and my mom was like, no, you gotta move. Like, just go back and do it. And then I decided, okay, maybe. And then somebody said to me, you know, you could do this for a living. And like, not not in the way that I didn't know that you could do this for a living, but in the way that somebody said, you could do this for a living. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me try. And so I went to University of the Arts and studied dance and modern dance and was lucky enough um, to start to study music and theater and um, continue to explore visual arts and you know it just allowed me to open up my sensibilities and understand more what the art world was about and how movement could um, be influenced by all of those different things that I was learning about. And then I started working with Momix, who takes a very illusion kind of um, physical approach to their choreography. Um, And then I started working with Palabolas, where I met all different kinds of people and movement artists. And, you know, I started taking martial arts with my husband. And um, 
after like t learning that so many dancers had started through martial arts and I found that intriguing and so it all just you know it's all just one big learning experience in my opinion you know we're, we're talking because this is an educational initiative and a lot of students are really encouraged to follow things that aren't what they love this is mm. this is practical but there's no guarantee that there will even be jobs that. yeah <laughs> you know? yeah why don't do something you love and take that risk mm -hmm. and work towards that yeah I mean our umbrella projects are like a perfect example of that where we invite people to into this experience where they don't have any movement experience and we're asking them to make something. Mm -hmm. Our workshops, you know, I wish Emily was here. She was just here oh. and she could speak so eloquently about this I stuff. I can. Is she there? She's right there. Yeah, maybe she'll She's come over. She's our education and community outreach manager okay. and, um, you know, teaching and workshopping and you know, our summer workshops are all extremely important and um, part of the mission of what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, all of us are extremely passionate about mm -hmm. getting a group of people together, regardless of their movement experience, mm -hmm. and having them move together and use language as a movement. I mean, <laughs> movement as a language mm -hmm. to express something. Yeah. And we do. We have three summer workshops that we do each year on top of all the master classes and children's workshops and weekend workshops that we do. Um, our summer workshops consist of um, three different weeks. We're just starting to talk. Emily just approached. If I started talking about the summer workshops and the different weeks and what we're sort of trying to do with them each, mm -hmm. I mentioned the umbrella project as a type of community project that we do mm -hmm. where we could talk about and all of the different programs that you've sort of built yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to talk about Connecting with Balance, it's a program for, um, well, really anybody who wants to work on balance. It tends to be, we do it at senior centers and community centers, so it tends to be people 55 and up who, who it's on their mind a little bit more, but we tried to work with not only um, like connecting with your body, which sometimes you you don't have a practice like Tai Chi or yoga or something you've been doing you might have you know feel a little disconnected so moving and warming up but also working on that you know balance of standing moving around while keeping balance and then also interacting with other people because everything that we do is about like how do you work together with somebody else and that might be going across the floor connected by hands it might be supporting someone
adolescence, you know, kind of taught to like cover up our sexuality or, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, we have to be reminded it makes us healthy because it's in our bodies as well as our minds. Yeah, it's the toughest age mm-hmm. for us to teach because people are getting self-conscious and they don't want to touch each other at the age of 12 and 13 and everything's like a giggle fest every time you (laughs) talk about anything about like having to do with the body Uh but it is the most important time for I think people to continue to uh, connect to their not and explore how their body moves but also do it with other people in the room and continue that language so they don't close off um, that uh, the ability to be expressive with your body really strive to do is make everyone feel that this work is going to be accessible to them. So if we're going into a room of people who are adolescent age, we know it's going to be tricky. And it's kind of like, um, I would say it's kind of like boiling the frog, right? You can't just plop the frog down into boiling water because he's going to jump out. But you've got to like turn the heat up gradually. So you don't just start by like, okay, everybody grab a partner. By the time when we're really crafting a class well, we've made, we've taken these little baby steps along the way to by the end, they're like, oh, I'm actually connected to somebody, but I didn't, wasn't thinking about it in that way because of the way you set it up. So um, we're always trying to go like, how can we make this comfortable, accessible, and then go further than you might even think you could do? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've seen, but so it's so, um, I, th- I think it's wonderful this work is creative, and I guess I just to give honor to the actual, you've been sharing actually already some images, but um, to the different specific choreographies, uh, I've seen, I haven't seen Shadowlands yet, uh-huh. uh, but of course this is something that I've seen through video, Shadowlands was of course broadcast as part of a, one of the Oscars, and oh. it's become, I don't have to tell you, but I just tell people that don't, um, so that's that's one, We could. T- I would love to talk about that, but what I have seen was uh, the, it seems like uh, choreographies over a span of um, collaborators, I don't know, some of the quite early ones that were just shown at Joyce Theatre. Do you want to speak about just like the choreography thinking, you know, behind some of those pieces as you were involved in them? Or sure. I mean, they come together. The know? programs that you saw at the Joyce, I mean, span decades starting in 1971. Yeah. Um, and they go, go all the way to 2018. A lot of those pieces that you saw, I was not involved in making yeah. uh, because they predate me. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, ca- I inherited kind of the care, we inherited the caretaking of those pieces to, to we, f- we find them to be very important in the development of Palabalas as an entity and an organism. Um, and they speak to the way that we ideally, they're like the classics, they're the way that we want to be remembered, you know? Is that the, a good way to say it? Yeah. Um, we have like 150 pieces in our repertory that the mm-hmm. company has made since 1971. Yeah. Not all of them are brilliant. Mm-hmm. But what's amazing about what, and important about the way that we approach work is that we think wholeheartedly that the more work you make, the more prolific you are, the more chance you have to do something that nobody's ever seen before. The more chance you have to um, break new ground. Mm -hmm. Not everything's going to be brilliant. Mm -hmm. Sometimes two pieces look exactly alike. It's strange. Because you're not breaking new ground. You're sort of like, you're just like pushing and making and making until suddenly you're you're like breaking through that meniscus Mm -hmm. of what exists already. and maybe that's because of a different element that came into the room. A new dancer, a new collaborator, a new piece of music, a new musical collaborator, a new um, form of technology that we're playing with, a new, you know, just something happens. There's a, a, a warmth, there's a hurricane, you know, like mm-hmm. all of these things that we're living with on the daily can, create a breakthrough and you never know when that breakthrough is going to happen so you have to continue to make yeah um that's the most important thing to me and the fact that we do it within groups 
means that you've got all of these different synthesis of all of the things that are happening in the world mm -hmm. coming together, creating a conversation about it, and then in turn creating work. And I think you have to be, right, I, I hear you guys talk about this all the time, you have to be willing to take a risk or you can't find something new. If Flobolus wanted to, they could just keep making this different versions of the same things that have worked. And sometimes you feel like maybe there are fans out there that would like that, yeah. you know? It's like, no, I just want another day too, yeah. right? I want another Shadowlands. Want another this, yeah. But you have to, I mean, I think that's, as a functioning, growing, evolving dance company, you want to be failing sometimes because otherwise you're not trying enough new things. I mean, we'll tell people that in the studio, whether it's, you know, if you don't lean a little further and actually maybe fall, you're not going to find what this, this pose is or this lift is. And the same with trying things that are new. So I think you guys are, that speaks to that making lots and lots of stuff mm -hmm. because then you can fail, but you still have more things or you can find fail the first version and learn what you want to do with it the next time. It's like making your cake and then it, oh, it didn't rise. Maybe I need to do this the next time for that same cake. So well, that's important, I think. Yeah, but I have to say from the audience's point of view, and I've had speaking to mem many members in the audience, I think what you think are failures, I mean, I'm sure whatever is magnified so much in your mind. You you know the repertoire, but not everyone knows it. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think I can imagine what is a flawless failure when you're so you know <laughs> it's not like if I tried to do it, then it will be a failure. <laughs> that's that's, uh -huh. that's definite, you know. <laughs> well, I think there are many different versions of failure too. Mm -hmm. um, not making new work would be a failure. Not yeah. not like giving in to the fact, like Emily was saying, giving in and just saying, ah, we're just going to do what people expect us to do. Mm -hmm. That would be a failure, sure. you know. But making things that people don't expect us to do mm -hmm. and having it fall flat for an audience or not sort of touch somebody or mm -hmm. touch an audience in a way, that can be failure too. Mm -hmm. But it's failure in the right direction. Well, I think you're, you're always asking what is going to be meaningful, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I think that's what we all want in life is to have, you know, live lives of meaning and definitely your, your work has done that. And so we were talking about, I, I wanted to go a little bit into it and it's quite hard because you said you're doing it like kind of in the group as you're doing choreography, but do you personally, and I know some people like do sketches or something, there's an alone time or is, you know, how does that work for you or maybe for Matt, it's different, I don't know. We work together, I think. Uh, our process is very similar mm -hmm. to each other. Um, and it all has to do with us talking a lot to people, mm -hmm. to each other, to other people, um, to people even outside the organization mm -hmm. um, about what we could possibly make, mm -hmm. um, what the structure might be. How can we make that structure more interesting? How can we do something that we've never done before with the structure? Um, how can we tell a story that we haven't told before? How can we um, use music that is a little bit more surprising? How can we just, you know, just do something that's different? And we spend sometimes, for instance, we started talking, we're thinking about this new project to do with uh, Nortech. Oh yes, I just spoke to them about the project. Yeah. So this project has been already a year in the making. And we've been talking all year, every couple of months, mm -hmm. about what we could do. Finally, we wrote a, wrote a grant for it, so we started speaking a little bit more about it. Now I'm talking to other organizations who might be interested in doing workshops with us that would be involved in the project. I was talking to, well, you know I'm a painter also, but I was talking to Nortech about it. And we were talking about borders, and Itamar yeah. was talking about it as well. But anyway, those are my paintings, so I maybe, because... Uh, Interesting. said they wanted to do maybe for a cover of an album or yeah. something like that. But and as we were talking, and I was thinking, you know, I think so much about borders or things weaving in behind. Mm -hmm. You have like a ghost life, the imagined life and the real life, but the people, I'm sorry, I'm just being like so centered, I'm talking about one of my paintings. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful painting. But yeah, it's a large one, but it's just, I was thinking about in the context of borders, sometimes you cross the border. Yeah. 
you leave behind your family. You you raise another person's family. You leave your own family behind. Mm -hmm. Your husband is on the other side. So anyway, I just threw that in. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, it's an it's an idea. It's a beautiful idea. It's an important. I think I was talking to Julie Andrews the other day. She wants to do something, but I don't know if that fits into what you're doing. But she was very much. That's a no. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's a different. It's a different. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not Mary Poppins, but uh -huh. you know, like anyway. Yeah, so how this evolved over a year, and I didn't mean to bring that in, but it just, yeah. yeah, you inspire, you get other ideas from, yeah, So we, we continue to talk, and so sometimes uh, a piece or mm -hmm. a project will be a few years in the making, mm -hmm. before we even bring it to the dancers. Yeah. So, and then once we bring it to the dancers, the conversation changes because we ask them to speak through movement, mm -hmm. and show us how they're sort of synthesizing all of the information that we're showing them and giving them and talking to them about based on the conversations that we've had in the prior year or two mm -hmm. building up to it yes and so there is like a, a obviously with that there's a, a political element and it's interesting because with before uh you know nana stern with, yeah he's she's talking about borders and immigration refugees yeah. i yeah. think it's on everybody's minds and uh -huh. it, it, you know it's it's a big worry in the world because it doesn't just affect it's not just a political thing it's a human mm -hmm. thing it will affect human beings mm -hmm. on a daily level and it could change the way that human beings interact with each other mm -hmm. and the way art is made and the way that we share culture and the way that we're able to kind of um, you know come together and 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 learn about each other and it will silo us off in a way that doesn't allow us to learn from each other. And that will be a very, very sad existence. But also and it's dangerous. A, we also don't have a choice because all these issues, they're not isolated. Like with the environmental uh, ch ch climate change, that's going to cause more. It is causing and it's going to cause more immigration. So we can't, yep. you know, yeah. we can't just be concerned with one of this. It's going to... so. I think that it's very beautiful the different projects you do that help give a human face or human faces mm -hmm. to these things that some of us would prefer not to see. Yeah. Um, and and how it works beyond uh, written word or mm -hmm. you know spoken. Or spoken. Word. Yeah. yeah. It's very lovely. I would love to get inside your more inside of your choreographer's mind. I know it's something. It's the magic in the room. Um, Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. But uh, you know, so it's very interesting. If you were, I think you advocate for more arts education somewhere, or learn at least exposure to these kind of workshops. And what can we do to convince? It doesn't always have to be in school necessarily, but. No, that's the beauty, yeah. I think, of the programs that Emily mm -hmm. puts together because they go into schools, but they are not necessarily generated by the schools. Um, and we try to keep, we are constantly trying to figure out how to continue to bring the arts to communities when, it's get, when the funding's getting cut and we're trying to make it accessible to people who wouldn't normally have the money to go take a dance class or go see a Palabolas show. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, sometimes we go into communities who have never even heard of modern dance or Palabolas or, you know, and then they're, they're um, approaching creativity and creation with Emily and her teachers in a way that is just very natural mm -hmm. and uh, based on that community. So. No, it's, it's a very beautiful thing, and what it does is I think we need more and more of it because of this unfortunate mind-body division that's kind of being broken down, but, you know, we have a, in America, as we say, it's not the greatest health system, and I feel, really feel like initiatives like this are very healing. Mm -hmm. It helps us be whole. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it's wonderful. I, I don't want to keep you anymore because I know you're preparing, we have many, uh, concerts tonight. Do you yeah. want to discuss any other projects for the future? or? Um, well, you know, we have a lot of people coming to this festival that mm -hmm. we're, we're just, talk about conversations to start. It's sort of like plant, like thinking about a garden 
you know, and all of the conversations that we have are just creating, it's like composting or yes. like um, creating fertile ground for us to then plant seeds for these projects to grow. That's a unique aspect of it. It's not only an entertainment, it's not only, but it's generative. Yeah, yes. It's generative um, of relationships, mm -hmm. and not just between Palabolas and the artists that come, but we're watching artists come together, like musicians come together and sure, talk about... Sure, me, yeah, you know, like that, yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. and, um, and talk about doing projects with each other, and so there's, there's lots of connections being made, and we have, um, you know, Ben Soli is coming back with Amethyst Kia, and we worked with Ben last year, and we did a project with him this year, and we're hoping to do another project after this summer, mm -hmm. going forward. I would love to create a, I've said it before, I'd love to create a kid show with him, because mm -hmm. he's so expressive physically and theatrically, as well as a brilliant cellist. Mm -hmm. um, so, and he thinks in terms of teaching, mm -hmm. not just performing. Like, he's really about how to get a message out and make it accessible to people through his medium of music. I think that, and I think that's something that he shares with Palabalas, is that it's transformative and it definitely engages from what I hear from all the audience members who, let's say, are not just from the arts, just the, how you've touched this wonderful community, well, wherever you visit, but in Washington, Connecticut, you know, it engages their imaginations. Mm -hmm. and that is, is, is really a beautiful thing to be able to experience and observe. Well, thank you so, thank you so much, uh, Renee Jaworski and Emily Kent. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. So you are, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Matt disappeared. Um, but thank you for what you continue to do with this five senses, Palabolas, and uh, for adding your voices to the creative process. Thank you. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. The associate interviews producer on this podcast was Elizabeth Peck. Assignment editor is Sorella Lark. Digital media coordinator is Camille Montanillo. Wintertime was composed by Nicholas Andolis and performed by the Anthenian Trio.